Welcome to episode four of Mind Sense. We are now further along the COVID-19 and lockdown process, and people seem to be realizing that this issue is here to stay for some time. Initially, it seemed as though lockdown would be a temporary solution for a specified amount of time, after which life would go back to normal, only to find out that we have spent over 10 weeks in this limbo space resulting in frustration, anger, and various manifestations of anxiety, and in some cases, depression. As we are moving into level three, we're gearing up to re-enter our economy and schools, which brings with it a new kind of experience of the unknown for us, anticipatory anxiety about the future. A topic that has gotten a lot of attention lately is the fact that many of us around the world are experiencing a type of grief, we usually experience grief when we have lost someone who's passed away. We mourn the loss and pain of that loss, which is a painful process. People are reportedly feeling grief in response to this pandemic. Grief more closely, as explained by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, states that we go through various stages of loss. The stages can overlap with each other, they can occur simultaneously, or surface in various combinations of each other. Shock denial, bargaining, anger, depression, and acceptance are the stages we supposedly move through. Some have added a sixth step, finding meaning. In the shock phase, we are stunned and too overwhelmed to fully comprehend information we've been given. Denial often helps us cope with the gravity of this shock. Bargaining provides some false hope for us in trying to come to terms with the loss we have experienced. Bargaining means making pacts and promises with God or the universe or a spiritual entity to undo the terrible thing, promises of changed behavior in exchange for a more favorable outcome. Anger arises out of the injustice we perceive in the situation and the fact that we have to cope with a situation we did not wish for. Depression can surface as the emptiness we feel and the sadness of the finality of a loss we experience. Acceptance then is the realization that although we may not be happy about the situation, it is in fact our new reality. Finding meaning in our suffering takes us further down the grieving and healing process. When meaning is given to our suffering or to our new life situation, we feel we can engage with the world again, begin to redefine our roles and our purpose, and can then move and live. We can then look to hope. Many people have in fact lost people to the virus or know people who have been directly affected. However, for the rest of us, we're watching people all over the world suffering and experiencing the loss of their livelihoods as well as possibly others and their own health. We are experiencing a grief response to this phenomenon, the loss of life as we knew it. This is exhausting to endure, which allows us to turn to our anger and anxiety to control how we're feeling. But it is our sense of helplessness and powerlessness that can be so destructive. We've lost a sense of control and familiarity with the routine of our lives, 
Many are raging against lockdown, feeling a sense of imprisonment. All the issues most certainly can bring to the surface emotional, personal pain, as well as previous traumas and difficult experiences that we may be having in our lives. It appears to be highlighting many issues that have been in the background in our relationships with ourselves and with others. People are reportedly feeling concerned about their purpose at this time, with questions about their own worth and value. For example, the fear of not being needed back at work. People are being concerned that perhaps they are not essential to the functioning of our community. A fear of becoming obsolete for many is becoming a reality. What will life be like? How much of a change will the new normal really be? And what changes may be permanent going forward? These are overwhelming questions for us. And as yet, we do not know with 100% certainty most of the answers, thus keeping us in limbo, which is not a conducive state to be in regarding our own mental health. We are creatures of routine and habit, mostly because we feel in control and like we can predict our days and therefore we can manage it by keeping our routines in place. When these things change, we realize just how little control we actually have. And this is a frightening thought for most human beings. People are reporting feeling less confident personally as a result. The global suffering we are highly aware of often feels too big to carry. We're finding new stressors, such as screen fatigue, where students are reporting looking at screens all day long for online schooling, relaxing by playing online or watching TV, or chatting on their screens to their friends over their phones. Many are reportingly getting headaches and experiencing sleep disturbances. And when we are feeling uncomfortable and tired, our concentration and motivation can be negatively affected. But it is not all bad news. In going back to school, there seems to be much happiness at the thought of being reunited with friends. Especially during our adolescent years, our friendships are a vital part of our lives in many important ways. Students appear to be missing the fun they have, the connection that they share, and the physical closeness and proximity of their friends. These reunions are going to be exciting and joyful. Entering the school again, an environment that our students are so used to, that are now altered in terms of the sanitization processes, social distancing, and the number of students and staff on campus at various times. They will go through these changes together, which will no doubt be bonding. They'll give each other support and courage to face these changes. There's been an embracing of this change with innovation and inspiration. People and students have come up with truly clever and creative pieces of equipment and gear, social groups and gatherings that provide for others. There has been in many cases an increase in positive regard for each other. Just seeing others out and about whilst exercising or going to the shops, people have been friendly and are using their sense of humors to connect, to share a laugh. Neighbours have been trading their remaining beer for cigarettes and vice versa. Communities have started various online challenges to raise money and support and awareness and to simply entertain each other. Our bravery and resilience despite the suffering is what makes us human and is truly a magnificent quality.
Many people have gotten into great shape, exercising their way through the stress, and some others have gotten into a different kind of shape, more of a circular shape, by comfort eating all the baking and cooking that their families have been making in order to deal with their own anxiety. Connecting also feels more personal and vulnerable at the moment. When we see each other or ask each other how we are doing, the question has more weight to it and people are giving more meaningful answers. There's also a sense that there is a plan forming. We are now ready to re-enter our lives. The school has put many plans into place, plans that will provide comfort and peace of mind for students, staff and parents. Even the video sent out by the Sanitech Sanitation was energetic, was proactive and uplifting. How we've turned adversity into something we can work with in a positive way. We may not yet have all the answers, but we are making a good start. Some are predicting that mental health is going to become an increasing area of importance in our lives. This is personally music to my ears, and I see it as a positive byproduct of this world crisis. People accessing their emotions, seeking support for them, getting in touch with themselves in a deeply meaningful manner, not always easy, but substanceful, and a possible bridge to connecting with others more openly, more honestly, and more vulnerably, which may just lead the world to being a little bit more peaceful and tolerant. I would like to close off this episode by reminding you to do the exercises should you wish to do so at the end of the other episodes. And at the end of this one, I'm going to guide you through a meditation should you wish to stay. So I invite you now to sit comfortably, take a few deep breaths, and consciously relax your body, your muscles, and your face. Take a moment to arrive in your body. You don't need to try and clear your mind. Rather, just observe it or allow it to be. Notice what thoughts are occupying your time and energy. And try to keep breathing deeply, peacefully. Good quality breathing in a rhythmic way. In your mind's eye, imagine something that has been worrying you or stressing you. Notice that as you think of this thing, your body may be signaling to you that you are beginning to feel stressed. Your heart may start beating faster. Your breath might quicken. Your hands may fist up or become sweaty or even cold. Your muscles might tighten. Your stomach may feel uncomfortable. And you may identify a thought or two that result in a negative feeling. Without trying to change or fix this issue, just keep observing it as you breathe, focusing as best you can on relaxing your muscles, calming your body, and breathing deeply while you keep this issue in mind. The idea is to relax your body whilst holding the stressful thought or image in your mind. Trying to show your mind and body that it can calm itself down even when thinking of something stressful. It may take a while, but if you persist 
with the breathing, softening your muscles whenever they tense up, releasing your fists and relaxing, you will notice that the stressful situation becomes easier and easier to bear. Now try to imagine yourself attending to this problematic situation. See yourself observing this issue. Try not to focus too deeply on the critical or judgmental side of your thoughts. Rather try to keep your focus on the situation as if it is the first time you're seeing it and that you are simply noticing curiously what this thing is. Imagine yourself walking around the problem, looking at it from different perspectives and angles. You could turn the, the issue into an image or an object if that helps. Keep breathing deeply and relaxing your body. Take the pressure off yourself to have all the perfect answers in this moment. Rather see yourself carefully pondering the issue allowing your wisdom to come into the picture. Now observe yourself managing the issue in a way you would like to see yourself doing it. Notice what your intention is when you observe this issue. How you can express this intention and what is in the greater good for all involved in the situation, including yourself. Try not to worry if you don't find answers. Rather try to stay relaxed anyway. You can stay here for as long as you like, allowing your mind to be working through something you would consider stressful, whilst keeping your body as relaxed and calm as possible. When you are ready, you can bring your focus back to your breathing, back to your body, just noticing what your senses can detect around you. Arriving back in the present moment and consciously setting your intention for the rest of the day.